0: Hello and welcome to Brain steep. I'm your host Corey Schmidt. Here we nerd out over tea and discuss a full range of topics while sipping our steep. We believe tea is a great medium for contemplation, so sit back, relax, grab a cup of your favorite leaf water, and enjoy. Okay, Brain Steep, I think this is episode 12, um, coming at you February 21st, uh, 2021, um, drink, yeah, a couple days late on this one, I, I like I said, I think in the last episode, I try, I, I, you know, I guess I'll try la- latter half of each week, I've considered doing this uh impromptu um as thoughts come to me might be difficult to do that but you know if i'm sitting or you know what the, the biggest problem is actually many of my deeper i'll say deeper thoughts uh come when i lay down at night and i'm uh, going to bed i'll just start thinking of whatever topics right maybe i've listened to i'll often listen to a podcast as i'm going to bed and that'll Incite some uh, ideas in my mind, so that's not ideal. I don't think I need to get into the habit of getting up at late at night and <laughs> recording a podcast as I'm trying to go to bed. But uh, yeah, I may do this more uh, willy-nilly, and uh, we'll see. Uh, drinking today, a Wild Mountain Raw poor tea. That was uh that was some cold, the cold version, and I've got a cup of uh warm. I might just keep doing this where I've got it. I pour, I make one steep, cold, and one steep, uh, warm. I like to let it cool off, of course. Yeah, this one I I have to say like, warm it. I may like it better warm. I actually for this specific tea. It is, uh, as I said, a pourer um, and it's a raw, it's a really good, it's, um, I got this from a really, I'll say an intense tea shop in Portland, Portland, Oregon, while I was living there. Um, gosh, now it's been, so I would have gotten this tea, a, I guess uh, a little over a year ago, yeah would have been late 2019. Um, yeah, so it, on the kind of packaging, the description here, it says, um, our grower only visits the mountain twice per year. The first time is in the spring for the single annual tea harvest. The second time is in the fall to turn the soil, making the grasses into natural fertilizer for the tea trees. No motorized vehicles are allowed within two kilometers of the tea trees, which are perched 1,600 to 1,700 meters above sea level on a mountain without a single resident. (laughs) The first five to six infusions bring a surge of Chaki, the signature raw pour flavor. Then the tea smooths out into a long sweet ending for the next eight to ten infusions. Pairs well with avocado, papaya, and figs. I have to say, really awesome um, tea shop, really awesome owner, and I like these, you know, this uh, has a nice description and information about the tea, which I think if you consider yourself a, a, a tea connoisseur seller, you know, seller of fine teas, then uh, you absolutely should put all this information on your package, on, your, on the packaging. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, uh, I, I've only done two brews so far. Uh, I anticipate now I, you know, of course, how many brews you can get out of a tea is going to come down to so many factors, including just your subjective perception of when that tea becomes mm, maybe muted to such a degree that you don't think, this, you know, this, whatever X, X number of brew, uh, makes any sense. You might be just going, well, there's maybe some flavor there. Or it could go to a flavor that you're just not like where you have brewed those leaves so many times that you just don't personally enjoy the, the taste of those. leaves. I mean, um, I'll try to sometimes brew black tea a third time, usually I can get two brews out of a black tea. If I go for the third, on on occasion, yes, there's flavor, 100%. There's still flavor there on that third brew, but it is not appealing to me in in any sense. So I usually, for black teas, if it's a new black tea, I'll go for the third brew, I'll see if it's available. Um, but I will typically peek at a couple brews for a black tea. pours almost invariably, you can brew those three, four, five times. Some, you can go the distance. Um, I want to say this one. I mean, he he, the the owner of this tea shop. It's Key Fine Teas, by the way. Um, yeah, Key Fine Teas. Key is in. QI, Key Fine Teas, really, really cool guy. I got to sit with him and drink some tea. Uh, He's always in the shop there and you can just walk in and try some of the teas he's got um, on hand brewing each day. Um, And I actually bought my little tea tray from him. So I got my tea tray from that shop. Um, Oh, and I got this cool, um, I don't know if I've talked about those. I continue to keep forgetting the, the tree that this thing, oh, so it is a T-filter, but it is a T-filter made out of a leaf. And the leaf is, I forget the full processing that it takes, but basically if you look at a, a leaf, you have like an intricate network of, of vessels that kind of, if you, maybe if you, hold it up to the sun and you can see through the leaf there. You can see all these kind of a network going through the leaf for the structure of the leaf. Um, And they do something where they heat it up or, or yeah, they, they create, they do something where basically it becomes a filter. Like you can look through this. It's like a mesh. It becomes a mesh. It's really cool. Um, But very, very uh, delicate. And I was using it for a while. It did start to break, and I think, to a degree, that's that's to be expected. It's really kind of tough to to keep those things together um, for any length of time. Uh, but yeah, really, really cool little filter I got from them when I when I got the uh, tea tray too. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Tasting notes on this tea. Let's see. It definitely has like a um dark fruit like a plum um yeah, jam kind of plum jam maybe I'll say. Really really dark. Um There's some definite like wood kind of um woodsy notes to it, but a lot of it is that sort of um Almost like, a, you know, just dried fruit, dried, dark fruit. Um, yeah, so let's see. Um, just as an update, I won't, I'll spare you the details, but I, um, I've gotten my computer built. That's uh, what I'm using currently to record this session. And, you know, building it was honestly... Yes, it was a it was a little bit difficult to get things just right, especially the wiring. When you're building a desktop, you really, at least for me, I really want to put the wires just perfectly so that uh, it looks nice. You don't have to. I mean, if you build a desktop, you can just let the wires be where they are, um, and that's much easier. But uh, it's more of a challenge to try and you know, route them within the case and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, so it's built, but I've been having just many issues with, uh, just getting the whole system up and running and, and feeling right. The motherboard has some quarks. my monitor, I'm going to have to probably take back and has some dead pixels. You know, I, I would say it's probably expected when you purchase, you know, uh, I mean in total, you're probably looking at maybe 10 different pieces of hardware, right? I've got speakers too. So speakers, mouse, keyboard, monitor, um, the case, the motherboard, fans, RAM, CPU, GPU, storage. So you're probably looking at like almost a dozen individual pieces of hardware so i think it's probably expected to you know it it, you're probably you're you're probably not thinking you're probably not considering everything if you think it all should just perfectly work uh out of the box like you're gonna have some little you know i don't know it comes down to luck of course uh and i'd say for the most part i've i've had really good luck with everything I've purchased, but a few things I need to, uh, either take back or keep working on, um, trying to get all my files and, and just making it, you know, just kind of settling in. It's almost, you know, I've, I've almost considered how this is similar to moving. And I may have mentioned that in the last episode, but you know, when you move to a new place, things just feel a little out of place. Um, you're trying to settle in. You're trying to, you know, acclimate to the new space. You're trying to sort of recreate some of the um, ways in which you used maybe the previous space. And so it's sort of this give and take, and it just takes time. So um, I'm still in that sort of state of mind where I don't feel super comfortable. And this can be applied to so many things right um this is just one example when you when you start using a brand new computer to do all of your tasks right and especially when you go from the form factor of a laptop to a desktop um as i am doing now uh that that's maybe just an additional um factor when you are trying to acclimate and so i'm really i I think This week, again, I may have to take the monitor back, so that's going to, uh, be a bit of a challenge in, in just taking it back to the store and getting, figuring out what to get next and then setting that up and making sure it works perfectly with the system. Um, but I think this week, by the end of the week, I'm hoping I'll, I'll feel a lot more comfortable. I'll have sort of all my programs in line and hopefully my file system's looking good. So, um, definitely uh clearly for me I'll, I'll just say with this whole uh endeavor not something that i want to do every couple years you know i'm kind of happy that i was able to use that laptop for eight years and frankly with a desktop with the modularity of a desktop you can switch parts out right and so the ideal i think with this is you know you you can you can potentially use 80 percent of the system for hopefully a decade or more you know just switching one or two parts out as as needed um and hopefully as needed meaning not that they break but that there is you know a technological advance in that area and you want to uh take advantage of that so that's the hope um What So I had a few thoughts. Um, One came to me, I was listening to, I think it was Planet Money, um, the latest episode that I was listening to this morning, maybe, and they were talking about the pandemic and um, some research going on, asking people their, their mindset, their thoughts, how it's changed their lives. And they made a really interesting point that I thought was really something we should all consider, which is that while like say, I think they said like two thirds of the respondents to this, like a survey that was given the people, of course, overall overwhelmingly had a negative outlook to this uh, scenario. And rightfully so, right? It has, Uh, Removed a lot of people from their jobs. It has put hardship on a lot of people. Less money, economic um, downturn. I mean, the the full works. I don't need to go through the the whole thing there. Um, But for some, um, the response was positive in that, well, one, uh, funnily enough, of course, they responded saying, well, you know, it's actually been uh, nice to not have work, to have this break, to have a, to have a slowdown and time to not constantly be going to work with that schedule. And I, I don't think that should be, of course, different people will have a different perspective on that type of response. Of course, people that have like sort of this chip on their shoulder about people, not pulling their weight in society will look upon that and say, well, bunch of lazy, lazy bums. I think honestly, though, it is so needed for so many people for an external force to kind of push them into a new space for them to experience days or weeks or months um, with a different schedule different objectives, Uh, for many of these people, you know, they probably woke up and they're like, oh, well, what am I going to do today? You know, they, they lose, uh, they, they, I guess they lose something. They gain something. They lose that consistency. And obviously if it's the job that they were, they were holding, that comes with major problems, of course, but that you gain a certain level of freedom in and when I say freedom I just mean the openness of possibilities before you not necessarily like you then get to choose every little thing um you know a lot of times it does feel that way though right you you don't have your job so now it's like well I guess I could just get in my car and go drive wherever I want to go drive for weeks you know I mean, you could potentially do that. Of course, anybody could do that. I mean, you could just get up and go do that, even if you have a job. Um, but it forces people into that state of mind. I think that is important. I am not a fan of the ideology that you, let me think this, um, that systems or the environment shouldn't have power over you maybe let let, let me let me let me say it that way i think it is very important and useful and just a matter of reality that the systems that you work within and the environment that you work within have control over you um and that is something that you need to just be aware of and work with not constantly try to remove because that is that is a task which cannot be done uh there are, there are some ideologies that are all about removing these things but they are always there even when you remove one something fills the void. And I just mean that in terms of, you know, like I said, the the job, right? Having a job and holding that position, that's a system. That's a certain environment that forces you to do things that maybe if given the full choice, you would rather not, you know, oh, you know, I'd really rather get up at 10 p.m but I have a job and I have to wake up at 8.30 to get to the job or to start the job at the right time because I have a time constraint with that job. So so this is just one example, right? Um, I I am a fan of being... Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say I'm a fan of. I I think it's just important to be aware of that and the detriment to which... A system can can control you. Kind of losing my thought here. Um, just, I think, for example, this pandemic and how it has completely kind of derooted a number, a great number of people. Again, this like this this survey that Planet Money um, uh, commented about. This is an example where, yes, there is a lot of, of tragedy. There is a lot of, of just bad that comes of it. Um, bad states of mind, bad, bad, you know, life uh, situations that, that come of this, but it can be, there can be good that comes from it and forcing people into a new system, into a new environment is often what needs to be done for some, for, I would honestly uh, say anyone, everyone, every single person, Um, having an outside force cause you to, you must react to it. You must either, you know, sort of that, uh, what what do they say, you know, um, sink or swim, you know, you, you, you have that situation placed right in front of you. Uh, there's no way getting around it, there's no way removing it. you're in that situation, sink or swim. instead of controlling the environment and always being like, well no, I don't I never have to worry about water <laughs> you know um, I think it's a useful thing. I think it's a useful uh, tool for everyone to reevaluate their current situation to reevaluate it to understand it to take a new perspective that is that is the most important thing in my mind to remove subjectivity to the greatest degree you can in many many situations not to not to destroy subjectivity i mean that's really subjectivity is you could define it that as you know life is subjectivity like when when subjectivity comes into the picture you've got life uh or consciousness or you know again these are hard to define terms that yeah anyway but um so i'm not saying remove subjectivity but when you get a chance or when the environment around you changes to make you go, Oh shoot, I'm in a new position now. And I'm looking, I am looking at everything with new eyes from a new frame f- frame, uh, mind frame, uh, wait, what <laughs> mindset? <laughs> I think it's important. Um, so that that's sort of my meandering thought process on what I heard from Planet Money. And I think it's important. One thing that they were saying, which is tied to economics, of course, is that a lot of these people that said it had, had kind of a positive um, a positive thing or a, a positive influence on them, is that uh, they are highly considering, completely changing their uh where what their industry where they're working how they're working what they're what they're working on um and that's something I think to be aware of this pandemic of last year and continuing this year I think is a catalyst for a major amount of re re um assessment reassessment by many many individuals of our society now i would funnily enough for me it's very kind of this pseudo situation where i left my job like one to two months before the pandemic hit so i quit that job unknowingly you know or without knowing that uh, the pandemic was coming And that forced me into a very similar situation over the past year, as I realized I wasn't getting a new cybersecurity position, and I was losing my interest in that area by the day. And so even though the pandemic did not directly cause me to change perspective, that was actually my own volition it's during the exact same period and i cannot state that it has no influence right Um, there's so many different ways in which the pandemic has um, caused change in both individuals society government all of the above so it's it's actually really something to keep in mind that this has been a huge huge detriment to many systems and society as a whole and we are hopefully going to learn from it um, but it also could have been a great and and i do think this and i think um you know i said this early early in the pandemic to many people i said this is a You know, I I even used the term godsend. This is a godsend to humanity because this could have been 100 times worse. It could have been 10 times worse and that would have been bad enough. We are lucky that this virus has killed off a very small percent of our population as a species. If we do not learn from this and we do not create new systems and um, try to bring our society together in in, uh, acknowledging that this is something we, that it is an existential threat, it is an existential threat and people need to understand that. If we cannot do that, I think we are slowly understanding the Fermi paradox. in that this is what happens to species. We get to a certain point and then everything starts to break down over a period of time, obviously, over a, you know, a much longer period of time than one single human life, right? Um, alternatively, if we learn our lesson and we come together in some terms, then, this could, this, again, I, I'll use the term godsend. This is a, this is a wake up call it, and this is nothing new. You've heard this from other people, of course, over the past year, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think uh, m- at the very least, just be aware that yes, as, as the recovery occurs and, uh, you know, let's all hope there is that nice assertive recovery over the next few years. It will take time, of course. I really think you're going to see some really interesting things happening in society, both in terms of economics, so companies coming out and new ideas and innovations, um, and probably societal um, changes as well, both in terms of like government and the, um, environment there. Uh, so it's just something to be, you know, if, if, if two years from now you kind of go, wow, interesting, you know, I'm seeing this new, um, trend in XYZ, you know, whatever it may be, consider it, its origins could have been 2020, a huge number of people reassessing getting a new perspective and perhaps jumping into a completely new industry and adding their experience their ideas to that industry so it's really something to think about and and consider uh the implications of um maybe the last thing i'll mention for this cast i did finally get um, I think I mentioned on the last uh, episode I am going to begin reading um, "Extraterrestrial" by Avi Loeb. Uh, got that book? I'm going to start reading it today. Have not started it yet, but I'm pretty excited to get through it. It's it looks like a pretty uh, easy book to to get through. Um, not too long, um, and I'll de- I'll definitely have some perspectives on it, uh, of course, and that book should only take me i think it'll i'll be done with it by the end of the week and then i uh, am excited to start reading the extended phenotype by richard dawkins um that is a bit more of a hefty breed so that might take me a couple weeks to get through or maybe even more if i get sidetracked with some other things um but both books uh, look quite interesting. I'd, I'd suggest again, if you have not read *The Selfish Gene*, I'll say it again, please read that book. I really think everyone, if you are interested in your in the origin of life, the in in how it came to be, and how you came to be in this world read the selfish Gene*. i mean it's as simple as that um i'm certain there's other books out there that go over you know basic evolutionary theory um and and do a good job of it but that's a i mean that is a definite classic in that arena and uh richard dawkins is is rightfully recognized for uh writing some of the the books that he has written throughout the years. Um I'm trying to think. Let me get another c- couple sips of tea here while I consider anything else. Um I think that's I think that's good for now. Um yeah if I, if I consider some, hey, this is, this is perfect, right? Can't think of, I, you know, I, and I, I had started out with um, lists and, and some, like, some topics to discuss for each episode, but I have to admit, like, I would pull that list out when I was uh, prepping in to, to make the recording, and most of the time, I would read the list, and I'd be like, it, it would feel uh, as if, I, I wasn't as passionate or ready to talk about those subjects. Like I had written them down when I was thinking about them and I was going over all the thoughts and ideas with, with that subject. But then when I got to the recording, I was like, uh, what was I thinking about on, on that topic? You know? And I just, I feel like doing this much more just ad lib in a way, right? Just off the cuff, uh, speaking into a microphone um i think that's probably better i i would love to add some structure to this at some point i just don't know if uh if the if if the um end result will be any any better really um i'll admit right i'm i'm doing this mostly for myself at this point I really appreciate it. if anyone is listening to this, I do and I hope you get something out of it um, but this is more a an exercise for myself in um, well, of course you know just sitting and drinking you know just just um, you know putting some type of structure and and uh, making myself accountable uh, I think is important, especially for me. Look, we, we, here I go. I, I was going to end the podcast and I keep talking. <laughs> but, um, uh, I think different people, gosh, there is just such a range of, of person, right? And this is not something revolutionary. I'm sure we all are aware, but, um, just how we interact with the world and what we, what we all need to be aware of when it comes to ourselves. I think it's very, again, it's very important. All these things are very important. Um, for me to be aware of where I really just don't have a lot of of willpower or something like that, right? Um, I think being aware of your being aware of of your limitations is probably one of the hardest things for many people and i'll say it for me for certain it's very uh difficult to admit your limitations it's very difficult to kind of stare them in the eye and and acknowledge them and try to work with them rather than ignore them. And it's just a constant struggle to one, be aware of, you know, first off, okay, let me ask the question, what are my limitations? What am, where, where you know, where do, do, do the edges uh, of, of my abilities, where are they? Where are those edges, right? Big, big question for all of us at at any given time because you're a, you're a process as I've said before you are never the same you're always changing so therefore the edges of your abilities are changing and that then causes issue right because if you're constantly trying to find your limitations to define them so that you then sort of you don't uh, try to attempt things that are clearly outside of your your ability um you're never it's always changing right and so it's i love how paradoxical it is i mean it is definitely a smart thing to do to to acknowledge sort of limitations when it's pretty obvious like maybe you're not the greatest runner and maybe if you worked on that and you really just focused 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 on running and getting better at running and getting you know all the things about running you could probably edge out those Or you know you could expand the edges on that ability right um and so you know it's it's not it's not that you shouldn't put you know, a boundary, but trying to, you know, so I, I don't know I'm kind of, kind of going off tangent here, but, um, I just, that's something with me personally. And again, I, I'm sure a lot of people do this too, but, uh, me personally, I'm just like, okay, where, where are my limitations and how far can I push them? And what, you know, for example, I don't know, I guess, I guess currently with me getting back into coding, there are certain areas of coding that just are very difficult for me and you, you sort of in your mind have to decide, okay, do I acknowledge that, you know, I'm just not good or good enough or good as you know per, person a b c or whatever it may or whatever it may be and just sort of say all right we're just going to work with that and we'll we'll try these methods or this way or you say well yeah i'm not very good at this but if i spend enough time and enough effort i'll get very good at it right i could become an expert in this field or or become a a great you know coder in this language or whatever it may be um it it's just a difficult again this is just me speaking but it is just a difficult thing to to really define and try to decide how to go about things i i, I think i think the great sort of clarifier is passion so whatever you're passionate about, you're willing to put effort and time into, and therefore you are able to push those boundaries of your abilities further and further out. And so then your abilities will grow. I think it's very difficult to try and become more able in something that you don't have much interest in. So, So that's one thing to consider, and it's something to heavily consider for me because i i really have an issue with being passionate about things and losing that passion and that passion being attached to something new and so if the passion doesn't remain or it doesn't remain for long enough on a, some some specific subject you're unable to again you're me. I'm unable to push the boundaries of that ability. And that's something that just for me, I'm that type of person. Um really difficult. Really difficult because if you lose if you lose the passion, it, it's just like being attracted to someone or liking a certain food. It's not like you can will yourself to dislike or like something. You know, and passion is just that insane extreme, you know, like of something you're very passionate about that. So that is something that, you know, maybe that in of itself, right, is a limitation. That in of itself is a limitation. And that is maybe the the kind of base level limitation that I have to acknowledge and many people must acknowledge themselves. Um, in that maybe they have a similar mindset where they get very passionate about something, but unfortunately that passion fades over time and it reattaches itself to some new subject. A video I watched that really, and I, if any of this resonates with you in any way, highly, highly suggest you watch a video. I, so as I'm getting back into coding and learning web development i'm using a number of different youtube channels as supplemental sort of learning material and there's one youtuber um his channel is dev ed dev yeah i think dev dev ed i'm almost positive um funny that i can't quite recall the damn channel um so Dev Ed, he released sort of this off color video, his his normal videos are just, you know, talking about some specific um, coding, uh, you know, CSS attribute or whatever it may be. And this one with the title of the video was, do you enjoy what you do or something like that? Do you enjoy what you're doing? And it was a go, go search for it on YouTube. Um dev ed do you know do you like what you're doing? I'm sure it'll come up. Really awesome monologue by him. Much better done than than my my meandering on this podcast. Um and he really he put it in, in just great words and it really spoke to me because he clearly has a very similar mindset to me in and and outlook in that he gets very passionate about things, but it lasts only so long, and then he gets passionate about something else. And I don't think that that is atypical. I think there are so many people out there that have that type of personality, and I think it's probably more detrimental to ignore that and just keep pushing ahead with something that you've lost interest in then acknowledging that that is how your mind works and you need to work with it rather than push against it and not acknowledge it and that's something you know for me it is it is a give and take i'm really like i really hate sometimes that I can't continue to be passionate about something that I'm working on. On the other hand, it allows me to experience more things than a person that has a singular passion that never wavers. Now again, there, are, there, there is no answer here. There, there are amazing things that come of a, a mind that has a singular passion that never fades And there are detriments and benefits to a mind that is much more fluid in its passion. So there you go. I just uh, extended the podcast like 13 more minutes or something because I came across another thought that actually was one thing I I had forgotten. I wanted to mention that, that video and uh, just boy, oh boy, I, I have to say some of the people in that, sort of specific community that YouTube community of um, spe- I'll, I'll just say specifically web development uh, educators on YouTube. One other guy I who actually kind of got me interested in web dev I, I think one way or another or just the way he was teaching was um, uh, um oh my gosh why can I not think of uh, names? Let me go Brad, Brad Traversy, yeah, Brad Traversy, um, he's another really, really good guy, just an awesome back, you know, his, his story, you know, of where he came from, and and that's, that's really motivational, and the guy's just very passionate, and really, really enjoys coding, and likes doing what he's doing, and, uh, that's just really, really cool to see, so, um, Hopefully I've left you with some thoughts, and you. I know I kind of left tea on the table here for most of the time, but um, yeah, enjoy the week, the coming week, if you're listening to this after it's been released, or enjoy whatever period of time that you have left in this reality. <laughs> Take it easy, see you next time.